Hello, and welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. I am Julie, and I have the girl gang with me again today. I have co-hosts Cheryl Devon and Michelle Fuller, and I feel like today is going to be one big, wild fucking adventure for us. So Defeat the Chaos is a show for small business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs, and we cover success. We talk about failure, and regardless of where you're at in your journey to being an entrepreneur, there are things you can take away from this. We do some ranting, some raging. We absolutely cover business topics, and today we're going to break it up into three segments. First segment, ranting and raging. And boy, do I have some topics to rant and rage about. And then we're going to talk about dirty laundry. I am really excited about this conversation. No, I'm not talking about the stuff that piles up in the corner of your house while you're too busy to actually wash loads of clothes. I'm talking about airing your grievances in public. (laughs) Some might call it airing of the grievances, also known as festivus for the rest of us but it's actually we're calling it dirty laundry and is it ever appropriate also do you watch it like a 75 car pile up on the interstate or do you avoid it at all costs because i got some thoughts on that and then in the final segment michelle and i are going to interview interview cheryl about something big that is happening in her world and i cannot wait for her to tell us all about it Welcome, Cheryl and Michelle. I am so glad to be here. Thanks, Julie. Do Oh, we lost Cheryl. <laughs> oh, Cheryl's realize. gone. <laughs> All right. Well, she will be back, I am sure. I don't know what happened, but um, we <laughs> will. Let's thank God you said something, Michelle, because I wasn't actually looking at the screen. So I didn't uh, even know she was gone until I'm like, why? Cheryl's never quiet. In fact, Cheryl never lets me get through the whole intro without saying something. So it's a little um, obvious, should have been obvious that she's gone. How are you doing today? I'm fabulous. How are you? I am. I am well. I had mouth surgery on Monday. So I am. Sometimes I feel like I sound a little slurry as if I've been hit in the bottle. I have not. <laughs> it's just a little bit hard for me to swallow It's a little bit hard for me to um, make certain um, enunciations and um, smiling is an absolute bitch for me right now. Was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? Well, here's the funny thing. And I I actually had this conversation with my therapist just yesterday. I when when something's happening that I am not like that, I'm sort of stressed or anxious over. I always like look at like sort of how long it's going to take. And then I'll be like, oh, so if I knew it was going to take like 90 minutes for the surgery, I'd be like two hours from now, this is going to be over with. I'll be home. Then I just have to deal with like the recovery pain or whatever. And so um, it took a lot of Novocaine, like uh, seven full vials of it to really get my mouth numb. But then I was still numb at 10 o'clock at night on Monday night. Um, The worst part was not being able to brush my teeth um, or like really you can't, you're not allowed to spit at all. So that, and you can't like, I couldn't drink from a straw. So I had just not important, but I had to have one tooth extracted and I had to have part of my 
um, gum line and jaw a little bit reconstructed. So um, I can't, in order to prevent infection, you're not allowed to, you can't spit. So I'm just kind of laid on, on a laid with my head down on Monday with a towel underneath me and just let like the spit and blood just roll out for a month, for a few hours. So that's that's really gross. Gross. (laughs) I slept for, I slept for 18 hours on Monday. So my body was in total healing and recovery mode, but I'm, you know, back in full effect and I want to rant and rage on something. This is my favorite story of the week. All right. Hit favorite a, story hit a, hit in a long time, actually. So, you know, there's this war against children right now, whether people want to acknowledge it or not. And the whole, um, you know, transgender movement. And look, I don't care if you're an adult, do what you want. Don't care if you want to, you know, change genders. I truly do not care. I support your right to do whatever you want to do. Do not support the right to do that to children. Like as a parent, like if you are even like entertaining that with your child, like, fuck you, you don't deserve to have a child. That child should be taken away from you with this meat hard line in the sand. So we say as an 18 year old, you're not intelligent enough to realize you're signing up for a predatory loan from a educational institution. And so we're going to give you money to help cover the cost of that because you're not smart enough to do it. But as a five-year-old, you're smart enough to know if you really want to be a boy instead of a girl. Like, fuck you. It makes no sense whatsoever. So Brittany Aldean came out last week and said, and like really like stood up against it. She made a very strong post on social media about how wrong it was and how we need to protect our children. She's got two Mm -hmm. small children with Jason Aldean and 100% agree with her. She's basically like she's, there are drugs out there that are basically mutilation drugs for children. And she was very strongly opposed to it. A whole bunch of other like country singers came out and like attacked her for her stand one of them being Marin Morris, who literally called her insurrection Barbie. Uh, what? <laughs> right. So now Candace Owens jumps on the bandwagon because Candace lives in Nashville. Brittany and Jason live in Nashville. She's very good friends with Brittany and supported her. And there was just hundreds and hundreds of thousands and thousands of people who were on Brittany's side supported her. Right. Well, here's the savage move that she made. Her and her good friend have a clothing line that's been out for a while. Yesterday, they did a drop on insurrect on an insurrection Barbie line of clothes. <laughs> T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> hell yes. Uh, and literally, like, uh, they're so fucking cute, the clothes. And they're not for kids. They're adults. So, like, I ordered two shirts. And uh, Can yeah. I get that website? Because oh, yeah, I am so here Barbie. for that party. Legit, go to go to Brittany Aldean's Instagram page and there's a link to it. And the clothes are only on sale until tomorrow. It's like a limited drop of it. Oh, I still want it. And Michelle, oh, that's like, hilarious. One like the shirts are like some of them are like pink and they have like pink right. They're so <gasps> you, but they say don't tread on our kids. And I got I got no a couple of different um shirts, but I love that story because she was just like good. Fuck you. And then she she drop does the clothing drop. And then Nine Line Apparel, Nine Line comes out and says, um, we stand with Britney and does like this huge post for her and shares her shit. And good. 
I'm like, excellent. Yes. So uh, it, she was literally like, sure, you can call me insurrection Barbie. But, and she literally in the, in the initial post for it, she looks like a Barbie doll. Her and her friend look like Barbie. It's hysterical. It's so <laughs> well done. I'm like, this is, that's this funny. is brilliant. It's brilliant. And it, there and, can't be better marketing, right? And, <laughs> and the money goes to helping kids. Yeah, good. Which I love. love Excellent. It. Excellent. That so, was yeah. a feel good story to start this. It really was. Wasn't yeah. really much of a rant or a rage other than how like ridiculous people are about, you know, gender reassignment for children. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's that story. I mean, I think I I talked to you about it earlier this week, Julie, about the the uh the gal in the teenager in, in California, she's ex-transgender now, Chloe Cole. And she got pressured to go through, you know, the, the gender transformation through her school and through her doctor. Her doctors pushed it on the parents too. And so she had, you know, both breasts removed. She had, you know, double <sighs> mastectomy and everything else. And, and now she can't have kids. And, and she's she's ex-transgender. And so she's come forward to tell what's going on. She's receiving death threats. She's oh being told she's a liar. I mean, she's had a double mastectomy. And this is what's being being pushed quietly or, or maybe brazenly in some cases by our schools, by yeah. our pediatricians. And but yet an 18-year-old isn't smart enough, as you said, to you know, pay for the loans that they signed up for to get their philosophy degree. I, I don't, I, I just don't understand it. What, it really what's is. happening. I have two things I need to say. The first one is I saw a post yesterday on social media that made me laugh so hard because it was somebody asking if they're going to get like a, you know, little like card that's, that gives the information about, the person's loan they're paying off. So like, you know how like you would sponsor <laughs> like a kid in Africa, like do I get a card and, and someone's like, yes, you're sponsoring um, Romeo. He has an art history degree and cannot financially sustain himself while he works as a barista at Starbucks part-time and writes his novel. And I was like, that is hysterical. That's funny. Will, will Sarah McLaughlin sing, you know, a ballad underneath? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That's good. That yes. Yes. She I think should. I she, think should. she should. Mm -hmm. In the in the arms of an angel, as <laughs> as you know, uh, my my plumber next door is paying for, you know, your your philosophy degree student. So yeah. Who's living in your basement still playing Diablo 27 with Cheeto stained fingers and contemplating why he isn't further along in his life. Cheeto stained finger. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is that um, the Morning Wire has a great story this morning on their, you know, daily podcast about um, hospitals that are doing that surgery for that are doing gender reassignment yeah. surgery on minors. Um, is that interesting? It's hideous. Well, I mean, that's what happened to this this Chloe Cole. I mean, she was what. Uh, 14 or 15 when they did the double mastectomy. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. You know, once, once you're of, of age, if you want to mutilate yourself, have at it. Oh, you know what I was going to say is the LGBTQ community 
is now actually starting a movement to drop the T because they feel that the transgender movement is so politicized and is so against the values that they have that they Mm -hmm. actually don't want to be associated with the transgender community. I've, I've been seeing that coming that, I mean, a a lot of, a lot of people that were in the, you know, original grouping that the homosexual community that were fighting so hard to get equal rights, you know, so Mm -hmm. that they, if they have a partner who's in the hospital for goodness sake, you know, life or death, they can be there. And it, it it makes sense that, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I get, I get you, you should be able to be treated as an equal human being. But the argument has been that, um, everything that they fought so hard to gain is, is being diminished and, and almost over, overshadowed, overlooked and, and taken away by the, the trans movement. And so there's this, there's been this big rift for a couple of years from, you know, what I gather from different people within, within the community. And yeah. so I, I saw, kind of saw this coming. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I just, you know, people that, that worked so hard to gain equal rights are just, I mean, they're, they're being shit on by this movement. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. All right. What do you got? What do you, what do you ladies got to rage on Michelle? You got anything? Oh yeah. 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 So um, this, this has to be uh, my favorite um, headline that I saw. So um, this is from CNN, <laughs> but oh. listen, no, 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 this is good. You know, if it's from CNN, it must be true. 100%. The first bus carrying migrants from the U S Mexico border in Texas arrives in Chicago officials say now, I want to quote what Governor Abbott said, by the way, this is near and dear to my heart because I live in Texas to continue providing much needed relief to our small overrun border towns. Chicago will join fellow sanctuary cities, Washington, D.C. and New York City as an additional drop off location, Abbott said in a statement. Absolutely love this. I'm so here for what he's doing. I live in Texas. And to be clear, you know, when the borders were wide open, our cities in Texas on the border experienced higher crime. They, the people that lived on the borders that had ranches and farms, they were in serious, serious danger because their properties were being infiltrated by people coming across the border. It was a, it it is still a very real thing. I love that he is taking these immigrants that are coming across the border because it's wide open and sending them to the cities um, that welcome them. What do you guys think? I love it. I saw that they have like taken like 10 hotels in New York city that, and and have had to use them as, um, homes, temporary homes for all the people that they're bussing in. I think it is an absolutely beautiful lesson mm-hmm. for those other cities. I, I love that. I'm here for it. I love that it's happening. Yeah, I think it's I, I think Abbott's savage in a great way, because you've got all of these different these different mayors and governors and especially these mayors of these cities, you know, they, they were so vocal for so long, you know, why are you being inhumane? Why, you know, we welcome, well, 
Now they're they're bitching and complaining because they're being overwhelmed the same way you were. And right. and they're they're trying to come down on Abbott. And I'm watching this going, uh-uh, 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 you can't, you can't sit there like like Pelosi saying, you know, we don't want a wall as she's building a wall around, you know, one of her bazillion mansions at this point. It, mm-hmm. It's the, the hypocrisy is just thick. And and I I'm starting to to think hypocrisy should be a synonym with full-blown bullshit is what it is. It's thick. It's thick yeah. coming out of their mouths. Yeah. It's, it's I just big beautiful. old poop emoji coming out every time they open their mouth. It's beautiful. How about how about uh good old well so first off I just have to say Chicago's mayor looks like Beetlejuice. Oh. She <laughs> like, does. Oh my God. But she looks but exactly like Beetlejuice. How about good old Governor Newsom announcing that by 2035, no more gas vehicles being sold in California. And the very next day, they're having to come out and say, hey, if you want an electric vehicle, you're not allowed to charge it right now because we're having a surge on the power grid and we can't, we cannot literally handle everybody charging their vehicles. Oh, and and right after that, too, uh, 70% of all electric vehicles made no longer will qualify for that tax credit that they've been, you know, promoting is, see, we're going to help you out. So, you know, just just shuck out, you know, 60 to 80 grand on your electric vehicle because it's it's affordable. Do it. They, Go they ahead. want the power grid to fail. <laughs> they, they really oh, yeah. Do. They really, really do. All right. We are almost to a break. But Cheryl, you got anything you want to rage on? I'm I'm fucking pissed that it's it's coming out now that the Hunter Biden laptop story was officially shut down all over social media. Thanks to the FBI and our friend uh, Mark Zuckerberg <clears throat> went ahead and finally admitted it after the fact, as he's still donating to Biden's campaign. Well, there are a lot of people calling for the head of the FBI to resign. Uh, he lot. needs to. A lot of people right, should be inside the FBI. Yeah. Because yeah. they're talking about all of the false affidavits that he coerced people into signing. Yeah. Uh, calling for the head probably in more ways than one. So <laughs> and if now, now he's probably going to send the IRS to my doorstep yet again this week. I'm going to see them on the doorbell, on the ring doorbell. I know yeah. it. We like I'm telling you, the three letter agencies are corrupt as fuck. Mm -hmm. DOJ, FBI, IRS, CIA. So corrupt. Like NSA. I saw now this morning that they want to um, that the DOJ is fighting against um, Trump's request for the um, special. What's it called? Like special uh, special master. The spe- yeah, the special master saying that it'll slow them down. <laughs> That's kind of the point, motherfuckers. That's kind of the point. Either that they're not getting this. You know, we're replacing the four letter word with an with a three letter word as being bad <laughs> words from now on. So we really are. All right. We have got to go to break. But when we come back on the other side, we are going to talk about airing your dirty laundry in public and i am here for this conversation because we haven't talked about it yet together so i can't wait to hear what you guys have to say we will see you right after the break Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. 
Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. I am Julie and I have Michelle and Cheryl with me and we're going to dive into head first, deep into the pool, dirty laundry, airing your dirty laundry. And I will tell you the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is because I watched basically an internet fight over the weekend. And it was Cheryl, you watched I know, it. I know Cheryl watched it as well. I don't know, Michelle, if you if you saw it happening, but I don't know what we're talking about. I, oh, this was <laughs> this was epic. This was spectacular. It's like a 75 car pileup on the interstate. Right. And, you you know, it, it was honestly so stupid. But I just am really curious, just at a fundamental level as business owners, because we are all business owners, we're all entrepreneurs. Or it could, you know, I'm, yeah, no, as business owners, I want to approach it from that perspective. Is it ever acceptable to just 100% air dirty laundry, throw somebody under the bus on social media? Somebody in your network or another entrepreneur, like, because I know we all know people who are not what they claim to be from an entrepreneurial perspective, but I just keep my mouth shut about it. Like, ain't they? Ain't I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Is I mean, if ever- somebody were to ask me about them, I might, you know, privately if, if answer a question, but to, to, <laughs> to tag a person, call them out and lambast them. I, that, that was an eye opener. It, it really was. And it was almost like two internet giants going at it. Or one of them was definitely like one of them has a big following and the other one has yeah. a fairly significant one. Right. So these are not unknown people. No, no. It's and, like it's like the, the two most popular girls in high school getting into a literal cat fight in the hallway when they discovered they've been dating the home, both dating the homecoming king. It was it, it was verbal knockdown, drag out, pull the hair out, rip the clothing, scrapping in the middle of the hallway, kind of a fight on social media. So what's interesting is it was two men that we watched do it. <laughs> right. It funnier. And I don't. I have to be honest. If I think through this, I don't, I don't see a lot of women doing it. No, no. Is it, a, is it like the pissing on trees equivalent? Is, is that what it is? They're, they're marking territory. What, what the hell makes you fight like that? Ego. 
Uh, well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's yeah. a, that was a simple answer. Yeah. Yeah, but what's the what do you gain from it? That's what I want. I I really I want to. I'm I'm I I enjoyed watching it, but it was almost oh, yeah. it was a little hard to watch at some points because there was nobody was safe. So I like literally if you commented on the post and you took a side, you were now fair game to be taken down. I didn't even hit like any sort of a, you know, like, love, wow, anything, nothing, because just you watch this play out in real time. And and literally it's it's like every every friend, every cousin Every dog and cat that you own were they were all jumping in Everybody the pile and fighting. Everybody, Everybody was oh, kung man. fu fighting. It, it, it's true. Here's the here's the funny part. So I saw the initial. So the 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 thing that occurred, the post was went into a story on Instagram from one side of it, which in that post, that story was unnecessarily fucking savage. In my opinion, the first thing I did when I saw it was unfollowed the person who did it. I was like, I do not want to be associated with that person whatsoever. I unfollowed because the post was just, it was mean and ugly. And I knew the backstory. Mm -hmm. So I knew it. I was like, this is really, this is unnecessary. Right. And I'm like, I don't very disabled. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not here for it. And then like three hours later, I saw the response as a post on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, holy mother of God, like screenshots of text conversations, the entire story wow. laid out, names named and tagged names named. Oh my God. And then yeah. Um, I was like, ooh, okay. And that's when things really started to get ugly. But what happened was initially it was a whole bunch of people co-signing for the person who made the Facebook post saying, oh yeah, well, this dude is wrong. So many people, blah, blah, blah. And then people started coming to the defense of the first person. And so it, and then that's when like all of the like literal, you know, pissing contests began and, you know, every, and, you know, people were, you know, calling up, nobody was safe. Nobody was safe, but I don't understand what, I mean, ego, yes, that makes sense, but what one hopes to gain by, there's this great line from, I love the show, the newsroom on, it's an HBO show. I love that show, Aaron Sorkin, the writer, and there is this line from that show where, you know, a different network makes a mistake on they go they go live with a headline that proves to be incorrect. And so they have to retract it. And everybody in the newsroom that didn't make the statement is like cheering and they're all excited because this other channel had to retract the statement. And they said, we didn't get taller today just because someone else made a mistake. Like that's not how we get better by standing on somebody's mistakes. 
And that is what this like really reminded me of was making somebody else look bad doesn't make you look better. It actually makes you look worse. Yes, it does. It does. That's, that's the only thing that I think was accomplished out of the whole thing. And everybody jumping in was you take a look at those people and, and it, it doesn't matter whether they were right they were wrong because they're all tarnished after that. It they're you, forever you on the you meat, on the internet. You don't wash that ick off. You don't. It's just mm-hmm. um I I don't I don't have the respect that I had for some of these people anymore. Um I I, I don't necessarily think, you know, they're horrible people. I just don't know that I'd wanna I don't, I don't know that I'd want to work with them now because if something were to trigger one of them or, or go a little bit south, you can't trust that they just won't come out and, and right. dig up every, every skeleton they can find about you because that's what happened in this, in this travesty on social media. It, it, it is. And, and, you know, then there was some blocking going on where, you know, people are responding and then blocking so that you can't tag them or reply back. And, but for me, you know, what it, like, we're all human. And as long as we have this thing covering us called skin, we're going to fail, right? We're fallible. We're going to make mistakes. And, And to not have the compassion or grace to, or to even, you know, the whole time that, you know, Corey and I were in business together are we had a rule that was assume good intent because the second you start assuming bad intent, you're just fucked. You might as well just give up because if you're going to assume that if I assume every move you make, Cheryl is bad intent towards me. Well, first off, why are we even friends then? And, And second, like, why would I want, why would I associate with you in any way? And why am I taking that negative burden, energy, energy, bullshit to me? So, yeah, I mean, it's somebody other, it's somebody else's garbage. Why are you hanging on to that? And it I, all started. Yeah. And this whole like internet war that happened over the weekend started with an assumption, an incorrect assumption. Right. So that's the, that's the part that's like, Dude, it wasn't it wasn't somebody trying to, you know, make money off of your name. You may you're making an incorrect assumption. So if if it had started with assume good intent or even assume nothing and pick up the phone and say, yo, what are you doing? Yeah, have a, your have a private move. conversation. Yes. Yes. Hash it out. Because that's like what adults. adults. Do. Thank yes. you. Yeah, face to face. Yes. That's what adults used to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, before the internet. Yeah. And now it's like, uh. Adults seem to be an endangered species anymore, thanks to social media. I don't disagree with that point of view. Yeah, social media is the worst. It is. It's it's an episode of Heathers. <laughs> it is. Social media is just mean girls and Heathers on on steroids. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it 
it, it's supposed to be bringing people together. That's what our friend Mark Zuckerberg said when when he launched Facebook. It, it actually was a way for him to try to pick up chicks because if you look at the guy, I can see why. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, I I think they missed the mark. It, it's torn. It's torn people apart. It's torn the fabric of our society apart is what it's done. It's turned us all into, you know, uh, just habitual 14 year old girls. It plays on our weaknesses beautifully. It really does. And it's addicting, right? It caters to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's like cocaine. I know. I mean, it's it's hard to put your phone down. Mm -hmm. It's a dopamine hit every time you pick it up and you start scrolling and you know, I, I saw this post the other day um, that someone had made. I actually just recorded a podcast about this because I found it to be so interesting. This woman, and I don't know who it was. I should have like grabbed a screen grab of it. This woman made a post. She's a business coach and she stopped following on social media every other business coach. She's like, I stopped following them everywhere. And when she stopped following them, her revenue, she literally 20Xed her revenue <laughs> in four months. Because Just by unfollowing them, she stopped paying attention to what everyone oh, what everybody was else doing was doing, focused on her own stuff. Yep. She stopped comparing herself to mm-hmm. them. She stopped looking at how they were pricing. She stopped doing all of that and focused on going to market with her own strategy, her own offering, her own pricing. Right. And 20Xed her revenue in four months. I believe it. Well, that's exactly what what it is. I mean, when when we talk about the only person that you should be competing against yourself it, it, against is yourself. You know, you you spend so many so much time and energy. You're not you're not putting it on yourself when you're looking at what everyone else is doing. You're you're taking all of of that fire and that drive and your energy and your focus that should be on your business and on yourself, and you're 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 you may as well just go ahead and and cut a check to your competitors or or say here is my entire um you know my here's my my whole contact list take them take them all they're all yours because you're you're putting all of your energy that you would have been giving to yourself and your business and your clients to that other competitor anyway again i'm baffled maybe i'm the weirdo here i just i don't i don't understand why the echo chamber on social media is a good thing. I, I so this interesting, um, it, that's an interesting question. And here's why, because sometimes, and I know this is going to sound probably ridiculous. Sometimes I appreciate being in an echo chamber on social media when it comes to politics, because I don't want to fucking even hear the other side and not because I'm not interested in it. I can't converse about it. But because most people on social media are so dug in that they cannot have a conversation about it. You're wrong. I'm right. And I'm going to tell you all the reasons that you're a fucking moron because you don't think the same as me. And Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear it. And so I am glad that 99% of the people that I am connected with on social media have the same values that I do. I want to be in that echo chamber because I don't want to fucking put up with the other shit. But let me ask you this question. Are you having these conversations 
on social media with them out in public? Or are you having the majority of your political discussions with the people you know privately? I don't, yeah, I don't have a lot of political conversations on social media, but I'm going to engage people who are, I'll have the conversations with people, but only if I know that we can do it without it becoming an attack on your belief system. That's what I'm confused about though. That's, that's my, my big concern. And going back to this whole, you know, piling on shit show that we we saw because those were those were people we didn't expect yeah to have behavior like that so even even trying to find you know your your political uh, echo chamber your bubble on social media how do you know how do you know when that's not going to you know explode you you just don't you don't know i would much rather have the conversations privately with people Me that too. i know like and trust than than have any type of discussion like that on social media. Me too. I, I, so I also, so I recorded a podcast about, you know, that stopping following everybody and seeing what it does and just sort of that concept Mm -hmm. because I was really intrigued by it. But I also recorded a podcast about, I called it best of this for the rest of us because, you know, airing of the grievances. Actually, I might've called it airing of the grievances, but um, because I'm just so perplexed by this. And I said, I asked the question on the podcast with myself. I said, is it that I lack courage? Do I not, would I not ever do that because I lack the courage to put myself out there, call somebody on their bullshit and then see what comes back to me? Like, do I, like, is it a courage thing or is it just a fundamental belief system that, dude, that's just not how you handle fucking conflict. Like, that's not how you, that's, right. not, that's not appropriate. It's emotional intelligence. I think you're right? just smart. I think it's, you did. It's, here's the thing, social media caters to, right? The things that we always talk about being seen and being heard, and it does it beautifully. You're right. You're, you are absolutely correct. It does. All right. We are about to cut out to our final break of the day. And when we come back, we're going to, Michelle and I are going to interview Cheryl about something we're very excited about. And I can't wait to ask her questions because I literally know nothing. We will see you right after the break. Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
All right. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. I don't know if I got that intro right because I couldn't hear the music coming back. So we're I'm I'm we're we're winging it here, but that's pretty much the story of my life lately. <laughs> <laughs> I've got story Michelle, of everyone's life. Yeah, I've got Michelle Fuller and Cheryl Devon with me. And now we come to the portion of the show where Michelle and I are going to turn the tables and interview Cheryl. Because Cheryl has this really big, phenomenal, fun, important, amazing thing happening right now. You got you've had a lot of big things happen this year. Uh, yeah, and it's going to keep going. It's just what the fuck is going. going on? What's going on? What do you got coming up? Well, what I've got right now, <laughs> I have a book. <sighs> I have a book. Um, it's officially it is officially out. This is this is the big announcement here on defeat the chaos. I authored a book and it is called The Frog in Your Throat. It is an unconventional primer for leaping life's lessons. And it actually might've been a good book for Zach and, and Ryan, our friends, um, Zach Wright and uh, Ryan Andrews. I don't know if you remember what happened with them, but it, it it would have been a good book for them. I've written it for several of my friends along with myself, um, where you, you figure out how to get out of your own way. And, uh, the book is on sale right now. I, I'm not, I'm not comfortable being interviewed. I'm usually the one asking the questions here. So this is, this is actually a good a good thing for me too. I'm I'm leaping my own hurdle with this one. All right, well, let's jump into it. So here's my first question: What made you decide to write a book? <sighs> I went for so many years it, with a radio career, with the wine and spirits industry, and starting my own business. Where despite all of those things, I didn't feel like I had a voice. I felt like I had an invisible voice. And I, I started taking a look at, at what that meant and realized I spent so many years creating my own hurdles and, and becoming, I, I refer to them as we have fish, the folks in search of help. We have storks the situational takers of rational knowledge. And we have frogs, the folks refusing others' garbage. And I realized that most of the time when I didn't feel like my voice was being heard, it was because I was my own stork. I, <laughs> I, I was creating my own hurdle. And I, I was waiting for somebody else to come and fix it, uh, whether it was uh, business decision. You know, I went through some discrimination through some of uh, my work stuff, whether it was uh, physical injury, Julie, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I was a hot mess. I was waiting for somebody else to help me. And, and the only person that's going to come and help you is yourself when you refuse mm -hmm. all of that garbage and you stand up to the stork. And so the frog in your throat isn't necessarily you can't get that that voice out. I don't know. 
I'm, I'm rambling here. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like, we can't actually interview you if you don't let us ask questions, Cheryl. I am not good at this. All right. I'm going to shut up. You just She's super passionate about her book. And I, I understand it's that. Weird. I'm, I'm weird. so here for the party. So, so tell me, tell me what happened. The straw that broke the camel's back, the inspiration for the different analogies that you used, the stork and the frog. How did you piece that together? My daughter, my oh. youngest daughter. She, uh, in the in the course of all of these different stories, my youngest daughter has uh, Asperger's. She's on the autism spectrum. And in the middle of the struggle of trying to find myself, I didn't give her a voice. I stopped listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, she attempted... Uh, suicide a few years ago on my birthday. And that's when everything kind of went full stop for me. Okay. And so this, this book is with the frog, the stork and the fish. I, I pieced it together in a way that it would be a legacy for her an answer for her and something that she could grasp a little easier. And, and I realized it was something that was easy for everyone to, to identify with. In that way. I love that. That is a, that is a strong emotional tie to this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, so listen, having written a book, I am really excited to ask this question because (laughs) I remember this very well. What did it feel like when you got to hold the book in your hands, the physical copy of it the first time? Well, it's only been a been a couple of days, but um, it's it's surreal. It's I keep looking at it uh-huh. and thinking, "Hey, that's a cool book." And then I see my name on it, like, "What the hell did I just do?" <laughs> it's 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 surreal. I it's I don't know. I don't know yet. I, it's it's exciting. I'm proud of it, and but I'm scared. You know, you get that vulnerability, but you have to do, you have to do those mm-hmm. things that make you uncomfortable if mm-hmm. you're going to grow. And so here, here we go. Here we go. Um, if nothing else, it's, it's cathartic and it's there for my kids. So mm-hmm. I love Corey, that. so Corey and I co-authored together and he always referred to our book as um, the most um, expensive and labor intensive <laughs> card ever created. <laughs> It was, it was my own, it was my own personal hell and my own personal therapy all at the same time is what it was. Um, Didn't want to make it, you know, too big of a downer. Hopefully there's, you know, there's enough funny in it that'll, that'll keep you through it too, because there were, there were a lot of joyous and funny experiences that those anecdotes, but with some strong lessons in it as, as well. So it's a, it's sort of an unfairy tale, an adult unfairy tale is what it is. Did you find epiphanies as you wrote the book? Did you oh discover God, more yes. and more about who you are? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I still go back and, uh, you know, rethink and, and rehash. And it, I, I let go of, uh, through the process of writing this, I let go of some of the anger I had with some of my past experiences. I just mm-hmm. let go because I realized that every time I thought somebody had been doing me wrong, I probably was their stork too. I was standing in their way. I was their hurdle. And, mm-hmm. and it gives you a different perspective of, 
of where things are and and where you are in the journey and you know figuring out hey you know maybe I could do this better or maybe I could maybe I could have handled this differently yeah and it just it explains all of those things perspective so yeah do you um what role did um your because you started writing it like last winter right like last December maybe December January Uh, yeah it was last last spring last spring I started Uh, I think I started writing it in March no no I started it it was after that I started it late April early May it just feels like it's been forever okay so like yeah like six months ago yeah Okay. So what role, same question still applies though. What um, role did your um, mom passing play in pushing you to write the the book? I don't think I'd ever be in the place I'm at now had I, I not lost mom. And that's what a horrible thing to say, but I hit my rock bottom. When I lost her, I thought I had lost everything. I was ready to fold up my business. I was Mm -hmm. ready to give up um, my passion for kayak racing. I I was willing to shut down and just, you were going to quit your marriage. Like you were literally going to fold up, like just pack it Uh, off. Everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was curling up into the fetal position and you, you get a heavy mention in the book, Julie, because you kicked my ass and you were the the catalyst that that started the journey. I, I went to um, the event you had recommended in November. I wasn't even going to go. My husband's like, no, we paid for it. You're going. And that's where I, I had um, a gentleman by the name of Princeton Clark. I asked him, you know, what I could do to uh, focus and meditate because I was having, I was having difficulty with everything. And he just looked at me and he said, you don't need to meditate. You need to get okay with your, your inner child and your inner voice. You need to start. And I'm like, I don't ever want to go back to my childhood. And he goes, you're never going to get anywhere and be happy until you do. And, And that was one of the things that, that struck me. There were, there were several things at that one. And all of a sudden it's like, I woke up out of a, out of a decades long coma and I started to write. Writing is therapy. I believe it. Writing is therapy. Very, very much so. Writing is therapy. So where can, so the book is available now. People can. It is. I know it, it is because I purchased my copy yesterday. Thank and you. even though I really need mine to be signed by the author. But I was I thinking the same thing. That Will we be get an signatures? Op- <laughs> there, there's going to be an opportunity to uh, get a personalized book on the, the website. In fact, <laughs> my... My poor website de- designer, she is working really hard on that right now. It should be up today if you Perfect. want to get a, a personalized signed, you know, paperback. Otherwise, if, if you don't want to wait, just go to Kindle, you know, to Amazon. Um, I'm going ahead and for just a, a two-week period with the announcement of the show, I'll I'll offer it for, you know, free on Kindle Unlimited, but 99 cents for the ebook. So Beautiful. Um, you know, grab, grab a copy, leave a review, an honest one, honest review. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, tell me, Cheryl, maybe you should stick to your day job, which <laughs> Cheryl, <laughs> will you write another book? I think so. I think, uh, no, not, I think I will, 
And that's going to journal uh, the experience that I had when I raced the MR340 and the things that I I learned out of that and how sometimes in order to go faster, you got to go slower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Beautiful. Michelle, do you have a book in you? Oh, yes. I've seen it. I, it'll actually make me teary-eyed if I talk about it, but yes, it's, well, um, let's not do that. Then we don't want you to cry. No, no, wait, I don't want you to cry. No. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I lost my mom too, Cheryl. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, I was 14, but yeah, there's definitely That's a book in me. It's my story. It's, it's my story. Awesome. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left and I want to tell you guys, so I'm going to share something with you guys that, um, is not related to anything we've talked about today, but I just, am, you know, really, I don't know. I just find it interesting. So Monday was my youngest brother's birthday. Tuesday was my nephew's birthday, his son. And so I ordered them. Are y'all familiar with a pie cake in? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> There's a website called Gold Belly, which basically sort of conglomerate of like everybody who wants to ship food, they do it for you. Right. And so they have this thing called the pie cake in. And it is, it's called a red, white, and blueberry pie cake in. And so the red layer is um, red velvet cake. And then there's a cheesecake layer. And then there's a blueberry pie on top of it. It weighs like fucking eight pounds. (laughs) And I shipped it to them for their birthday. And uh, they, it was frozen solid. So they didn't get to eat it until last night. But Stacy sent me a picture of it. It looks delicious. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, man. But eight pounds for a cake. I'm like, totally worth it. Cause they're like, this is amazing. So the pie cake and we're going to get one for Thanksgiving. Pie cake we are out of time. I love that you two join me. And um, I know Cheryl, I know you'll be back. And Michelle, we would love to have you back again too. Because Anytime. Girl gang. All Girl right. gang. Yeah. Go buy Cheryl's book on Amazon. It is called The Frog in Your Throat. The Frog in Your Throat. Yeah. Go buy the book and we will see you you all next week. 